Hey, thank you for joining us for another Sunday. Come on, we are in part eight of the Living Room series that we've been in talking about the early church. Hey, my name is Andrew, and this is my wife, Dawn. And again, man, thank you for joining us uh, today. And so what we've been doing, we've been really talking about the early church, the first church. And one of the resounding themes that I want us to understand is that the church was never man's idea. It was always God's idea, right? It was always God's idea. And because over the last, what has it been, eight weeks, we've been trending away from the original church even more, right? Being isolated in our homes. I really want us to understand, one, who the church was for, and and we've been talking about that, who God called to start the early church, people that were unqualified and, and people that were didn't feel worthy, right, regular people, uh, but also, you know, who the church, you know, was was, was for and, and, and built upon and and. Uh, it was for all people and everyone, yeah. and and so we've been talking about this community, right? That that this body that that Jesus is building all throughout the world, and we're one of those bodies here at Passionate Life Church, and what a privilege it is to to help build it, right? And yeah. to help help lead it, and uh, none of us have helped lead a body through a pandemic, right? right? Right. And I just want to say something really quick before we get into it. It's going to be over soon, okay? Mm. It's going to be over soon in Jesus' name, not when Jesus says something's going to come soon, because when Jesus makes statements like that, you know, he told his disciples he'd be back soon, right? It's been 2,000 years, okay? So we don't mean that. We, we mean it. it's literally going to be over Soon there is light at the end of the tunnel. Soon we will be gathering together in person. Amen? Amen. Amen. So today, the title of the message today, we're going to be into Acts chapter 3, is a perfectly timed miracle. Mm. Uh, that's the title of our, our message today. Uh, we're going to be in Acts uh, chapter 3 and chapter chapter. Four. Uh, last week we left off of the beginning of the church that the um, the believers gather together. They they form this community, right? And it's really God hasn't called us to live in isolation, right? right. And he hasn't called us to live in social distancing, right? And man, they were just devoted to the, the, to the scripture. They were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to sharing meals and prayer together. And there was just this sense of awe that was on them. And, and just, you know, breaking apart that word awe this week, it meant that they were in reverent fear of God. And they were in this reverent fear of God that God could do anything. Right, that God could do anything. And we see that Peter and John and the rest of the disciples, they start stepping into this, this awe of God, this reverent fear that God can do anything. And so Amen. let's go ahead and pray. Why don't you pray for us and we'll jump right Absolutely. into the scripture today. Absolutely. Lord, we thank you for your perfect 
timing. We thank you for a miracle that is in your perfect timing and miracles in our life. And I just pray for us to be able to receive all you have for us this morning um, in your word and through your truth for your church. God, bless all those who have ears to to hear uh, your word. Bring freedom today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen Amen. and amen. So let's... uh, Jump into Acts 3. Uh, We're going to be 1 through 11. Let me give you some context really quick before uh, we get into this this passage. This was the first recorded miracle by the disciples of Jesus. Now, they had done other miracles. They had performed other things, uh, healed people. uh, But they were never specifically recorded. Okay, So this is the first one that is recorded by Luke in the timing, location, and the person that this miracle is performed for all matters. And we see this, a perfectly timed miracle. That's what God, his miracles are always perfectly timed. And we see that in this story. So let's jump into Acts 3, verse 1 through 11. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Okay, so here we have a lame man. We know from Scripture that he's been lame from birth. He's, uh, he's around 40 years old. He's in his 40s, okay? So if you can imagine, uh, every day this man is picked up by somebody, uh, a group of people, and he's placed at this, this beautiful gate, right? This, this beautifully adorned gate that leads into uh, the temple court. And, and he sees Peter and John coming up and he stops them and he asks them for some money. And so people who are not named in the Bible, I like to give them a name. That's just what I like to do. Okay. And so we're going to call this guy Lame Larry. Okay. Cause he was lame and Larry rhymes. All right. And so you want to talk about a guy who this man is broken, yeah. right? Yeah. He is a man. He's a broken person physically. Yeah mentally, Mm -hmm. spiritually, right? Like, think about being a beggar Mm. for your whole life. Like, that's, and what comes along with that, you know, the the lack of Mm. self-worth, purpose, self-confidence, what he thinks about himself every single day. You know what I mean? He's just, probably doesn't think very highly of himself. He's just trying to survive. He's just trying to get by, right? And with very little purpose. Mm-hmm. If, if you thought your purpose was to be a beggar, right? Your whole life, man, what man, what a difficult way to live, right? Mm-hmm. To get up in the morning knowing that every day is going to be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And so this is a broken individual, right? He is broken inside and out. I want, to, I want to read the definition of lame for us here. I find this really interesting. The definition of lame is 
having a body part, and especially a limb, so disabled as to impair freedom of movement. We all have been going through some different levels of brokenness, right? Or lameness that has impaired our ability to gain freedom in a certain area of our lives, right? We, we're all in this, this uh, side note, this, this pandemic's been lame, okay? Come on, somebody. It's lame. been like social distancing is lame, lame. right? That's not the uh. way they're using this, but it's lame, right? And when talking about something that, that is disabled or impaired, it, it, it stops our freedom of movement, right? Mm-hmm. It impairs our ability to gain freedom. And, and man, this, this, this broken man doesn't have the ability to get up and walk around. He, he doesn't have freedom. And when I look at our lives and what we've been going through, God has really kind of paused us in this time. Mm -hmm. And I believe that he's trying to bring some things up in us that have impaired our ability to gain freedom, whatever area that is. Let let me give you an example from my own life. I struggle with anger. Mm -hmm. I struggle with anger. And uh, it's uh, something that it's in our family, right? Mm-hmm. Both sides of family, you know, that, that Irish, Scottish anger, right? We, uh-huh. the, the fieriness, right? And, and we struggle with anger. And for me, mm-hmm. before, before Jesus, what I would let happen is I would let the anger turn to bitterness. And then I would deal with bitterness with escapism, which yeah. would be into alcohol getting completely wasted, would be drugs, um, you know, relationships. It, I would just completely escape into these things instead of dealing with the root of all of these causes. It's my anger, my resentment, and my bitterness, right? And I believe during this time, God is trying to bring things up in us so that we would deal with them because it's impairing our ability to gain full freedom in our lives. And what this man is going through is survival mode. And so when we don't let God into the spaces and places that are in our life, that are holes and emptiness and and things that we struggle, maybe trauma or experiences, pain, rejection, uh, whatever that is in your life, and and they start to rise, if we don't have Jesus, we're we're always in the survival mode. So when we're in the survival mode, then we go to all these different coping mechanisms and survival mode, uh, like I have to have something to kind of soothe the pain or soothe the trauma or, or distract me. Right, um, and so this escapism happens for all of us if we don't have Jesus in those places. And so this takes me back to, you know, feeling completely unworthy, completely in shame and guilt and condemnation in my life. And I went to these other things that would satisfy myself and my flesh in that moment. It was only for a moment, and then it was like, man, depression and and isolation. And and when you feel like you don't have freedom, you're impaired from freedom of movement in your life or from your regulars or from your normal, then you're going to start finding 
other things to satisfy that. If you're not finding Jesus, you're going to all these places. And so um, I feel like this man at the, at the, at the door, this beautiful gate, he, he's in this survival mode um, where, man, I need to survive in order to move forward in my life because this is my I guess I have no purpose. Mm -hmm. And and right now in this moment and in this pandemic, are we letting the Holy Spirit fill those spaces and places? Or are we going to other things that will never satisfy our soul? Right. Never satisfy our soul. Right. I uh, posted a statistic on my Facebook page. I haven't posted in weeks. And uh, I, I posted a article from the Milwaukee Journal, and they've been uh, keeping track of substance abuses, and they've had a 54% increase of substance abuses mm. and an 80% increase of suicide attempts. So and so what I believe is, is happening, you know, yes, what the virus is doing physically is really bad, you know, but what I think is going to happen in the wake of all of this is a lot of people's mental health has been ravaged yeah. through this because we're not dealing with this thing that's impairing our freedom, whatever area that is. You know, I still get angry. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was angry and uh, I went for a two hour bike ride. Right. That's and awesome. I just spent yeah. time with Jesus. You know, when I get frustrated and man, God, God told me I have to keep working out because I physically, you know, I have to keep working out to get rid of some of this frustration and, and anger. And so yeah. the Holy Spirit has led me to some healthy ways to deal with my anger and frustration instead of going to uh, things that are not good for me, that keep mm -hmm. me in, in brokenness and, and keep me in this lameness in certain areas mm -hmm. of my life. It's bondage, and that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to feel like we don't have freedom of movement to keep us in that bondage, bondage and isolation. And so what's happening in this story with Peter and John is something's about to happen, mm -hmm. and, and it's all about God's timing yeah. for the miracle. Let's read it, verse 4. Mm -hmm. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. Uh, I, I love this. I love this because I believe that, you know, in this, this, this pause, right, of these last several weeks, God is trying to say, hey, I need you to look at me. Hey, look, look at me, right? And, and, and this, this lame Larry was, was, you know, there's all this hustle and bustle, right? He's, he's at this gate. People are coming. People are going. People are walking by. People are talking. There's a lot to get distracted with, right? And Peter's like, hey, hey, I need you to look at me. Hey, no, no, squirrel, right? No, no, don't look at that person over there. I need you to look at me. Yes. And right now God is saying, I need you to look at me. Stop looking at your anxiety. Stop looking at your worry. Stop looking at your bank account. Stop looking at your 401k. Stop looking at your problems. I need you to look at me right now in this moment. Preach. Preach. Because there's so many things that we can get swallowed up in. There's so many things that we can that will keep us in our lameness, that will keep us in our brokenness. And God is saying, look, I need you to look at me right now. Look at me. Peter's like, I need you to look at me right now. And the question that I have for us right now in this moment is what are we expecting from God? What are we expecting 
God to do in this, this moment in our lives right now today? What is our expectation on God? Because sometimes we can be so distracted by our problems. We can be so swallowed up in anxiety and worry that we allow, we allow our minds to become narrow-minded to what God wants to do in our lives. We, we become so focused on, like, like this layman, he was so focused on money. Like, I, this is the only way that I can be blessed is if you give me money. And he was so focused on that. And we, get, we just get into a rut sometimes. We, we just get so focused on this one way God can bless us. And God's like, I need you to break free of your narrow-mindedness. I need you to stop being so distracted by everything. And I actually need you to look at me and listen to me, what I'm speaking through my word and what I want to speak to you right now in this moment. That's why it was so important that Peter got his attention. Verse six. I love this. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. Now, I want to stop here for a moment. So this man is like, okay, oh, Peter, I'm going to look at you, right? Like he's, he's being forceful about this. Like, I don't want to miss this, right? You might give me a whole bag of gold, right? Like, like he's like, really? Okay, really? And then Peter says, I ain't got no money. I ain't got no money, honey. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I can, I can imagine lame Larry, he's just like, oh. He instantly becomes disappointed. Yeah. He becomes deflated, right? And, and if any of you have ever worked in the, the food industry, you've worked as a, as a server or in that type of industry, mm-hmm. and someone, you, you did all this work, right? You're serving somebody, and they didn't leave you a tip. Right? Because this is his job. Like, like this is, he's at his workplace right now as a beggar. Mm-hmm. Right? His whole thing is to beg for money. Like, this is how he survives. This is how he lives. And, and when someone, you were in the serving industry for many years, mm-hmm. how did it make you feel when you served someone and they didn't leave you a tip? Furious. Angry. Oh, man. I wanted to give him a piece of my mind. <laughs> I get fired. Yeah. <laughs> I did a couple times, but I got fired. And so like yeah. he's 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 probably feeling a little angry in mm-hmm. this moment mm-hmm. because he's been doing this for over 40 years. Mm-hmm. And you can I can imagine how many times someone said to him, Hey, I don't have any money, but let me just give you something better than money, okay? When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. You're welcome. Right? Like <laughs> Tomorrow's going to be better, son. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know that, right? And, and I can imagine years. Maybe some, maybe people walked by and spit on him and made fun of him and children humiliated him. And, and you know what I mean? Like, his whole life, he's just been lame and he's been broken. And, you know, he, he's been humiliated by people. And, and there's been times where he thought someone was going to bless him and instead they cursed him. And and he's just, again, he's probably instantly going back to the disappointment, right? Like, oh, 
what is this guy going to say to me? You know, I need money. This guy doesn't understand. Instantly, he's just, he probably feels a disconnect. This guy doesn't understand me. He doesn't understand my needs, right? And we can get in this, this place in our lives where we feel like nobody understands us or God doesn't even understand us. And it, and it limits, it really limits what God can do in our lives, right? Yeah. Um, I love this that Peter says, look at me in, in, intently. Or he was looking at him intently. And when God looks at you intently, he doesn't look at just the, um, the outside and, and the needs of the material things. He looks at the inside. Mm-hmm. He's looking at the need within and he sees straight to your soul and the hurts and the pains and the things that this lame man went through and what you've gone through in your life. He right. knows your story. He sees your heart. And so he's looking at you intently. And, and our expectation sometimes is for him to provide for the materialistic things, which God does. He does those things. He wants to bless us in those ways. But first, what is the most important? It's our soul. Right. It's our heart. And so that is what Peter and John want to address with this layman today. And if we're not careful, we can become so disappointed in what God isn't doing that we can miss the miracle that's right in front of us. Mm. You see, society has kept Larry, the layman, a beggar. Society has told Larry that you're only good for one thing, and that is to beg, right? And, and this is now part of who he is and what society has spoken to him. And, and so we can, get dis, we can get so disappointed in what God isn't doing that we can miss the miracle of what God is, is doing that's right in front of us. And that reminds me of the beginning of our journey with Jesus. You know, we're coming out of drugs and alcohol. We're coming out of that lifestyle. It's like, Woohoo, Jesus. Um, and we're just starting this walk of faith, but we, <laughs> we were missing the miracle. We were just complaining and like, God, we're in debt. You need to take it immediately. Like the miracle is you getting us debt free and, and us having our dream jobs and us having our dream life. Like you told us, you told us, God, you were going to bless us beyond our imagination. And, and, and right now it's like, you know, in our money, it doesn't look like that. But we are missing that miracle that Jesus just saved us from death and hell. And he's, and what he's doing in that moment is he's working on our hearts. You know, he's shaping our hearts. He's, he's reconstructing some, some unhealthy things in our life. And that's the miracle of being completely trans transformed from the inside out. And so, you know, we were looking at our, our situation instead of looking at the miracle of salvation in our life. We just have to be careful that, because disappointment will come, right? That disappointment does not distract us to the point where we're missing what God is doing or wants to do in the disappointment, right? Because there are some things in our life, I know for us, we had to be disappointed in Mm -hmm. and understand that that was not the blessing that God had for us, right? Mm -hmm. Because he had something better for us. You know, I remember I was trying to get this real estate job and it was selling condos on site. And it was when condos were super hot in Florida. And I wanted this job so bad because it was, 
you know, it was $150,000 job a year and I wanted it, right? I wanted it so bad. I wanted you to have it. Amen. And uh, I have friends that worked in the industry. We were and, so and, excited. We're man, like, this, we were, a man, this is God. Man, this oh, is totally God. Man. And um, man, going through the interview process, you know, the Lord just told me to be honest through the interview process. Mm -hmm. And I got through the third interview and, um, you know, the guy really liked me. But he sat me down and he says, we can't hire you. And I was like, what? Why? He's like, because you're too honest and ethical. And I said, what? what? And, uh, you know, find out later, about six months later, this, this, you know, company got sued and went bankrupt. And God was in it. But I would, we were disappointed. Oh, we were really sad. I was depressed that after I, I'm like, I didn't get the job because I was too honest, yeah. you know, and I was, you know, and, and cause the guy literally said, he's like, I'm going to ask you to do some things that are unethical and I'm afraid that you won't do them. <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, I don't want to work for you, but still that we were still disappointed. And, and, and out of that, man, God led us to such a great journey of faith through that. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't the blessing that he had for us. And, uh, but we continued to move forward. And that's the thing. You know, man, God's in control. And just don't let disappointment get you down to the point where it's distracting you from what God wants to do. From the miracle. Amen. Mm -hmm. So let's continue. In the name of Jesus Christ, this is Peter of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. So everyone knows this guy, right? Yeah. For years, for decades, they've been walking by this guy and they're, they see him, right, in the temple and they're like, Larry, mm -hmm. is that you? <laughs> like, is that Larry? Like, is that Larry over there? Like, like. What is happening right now? And, and what's so interesting about this guy, right? He's been there for years. He's over 40 years old. He's at this temple gate, which means that Jesus and his disciples walked by this guy probably a couple dozen times. Maybe even Jesus gave him some money, right? And, and the disciples, I wonder, it doesn't say in Scripture that, they, that anybody said anything to Jesus, but I wonder if they were wondering, like, why isn't Jesus healing this guy? He's by the temple, like, especially Peter, right? You know, Peter's probably wondering, like, like Jesus, why aren't, why aren't you healing this guy, right? And, you know, every time they just walked by this guy. And what we see in this is God's timing for a miracle is perfect. Jesus was saving this miracle for his disciples at this moment, at this time, for this man, right? And and I just love that yeah. so much that now Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, right? 
walking in the boldness of God, and he sees a guy that they had walked by over a dozen times, and Peter's like, okay, this time, right. this time, we're not going to walk by this guy, and, and we're going to pray for him, and we're going to see God do something, something great. And so when this broken lame man from birth looks at Peter, there was this expectation that he would meet his need for the moment, mm -hmm. right? This, this temporary need. And our expectations of what God wants to do in our life, it needs to grow. Mm -hmm. It needs to get bigger because God just doesn't want to do something for the moment. Man, he wants to do something that will last through eternity. Mm -hmm. He wants to give us a way out of our brokenness, out of our lameness, right? He wants to give us freedom in all and I love this reaction, you know, of this lame man who's been lame his whole life. And my expectation for you when you come back to church is that you are going to be running and leaping when you come into the house of God, right? Yeah. Even if it's in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. God's desire for us isn't just to, to walk alongside of him, but man, he wants us to be jumping and leaping, excited for what God is doing and what God is about to do in our lives, right? Because money will come and go, jobs will come and go, careers will come and go, but God will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. And so... God just doesn't want to meet our need for the moment. Mm -hmm. Man, he wants to meet our need for all eternity, right? He, he wants to, man, he wants to do something in us that will give us true freedom yeah. for our lives. And so I want, to, I want us to continue to go to, to Acts. Let's see this next scene here in mm -hmm. Acts 4, 1 through 4 with Peter and John. Mm -hmm. So... Peter and John were, were speaking to the people. They were confronted by the priest the captain of the temple guard and some of the Sadducees, these leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were, John were teaching the people that through Jesus, there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them. And since it was already evening, they put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed now total about 5,000. And this is what I love that God has perfect timing because this man's life and miracle wasn't just for him. It wasn't just for him. Look at the fruit of what happened out of this miracle. So Jesus saved it. He could, Jesus could have saved, you know, he could have healed them, but it would have just been another healing for Jesus. I mean, he was healing everybody. Right. For, for this moment, look at now totaled 5,000. So the trickle effect and the ripple effect of God's perfect time for this man's miracle. His life wasn't just completely changed, but it, it, this miracle was used to change thousands of lives that yeah. got to see what happened. So good. So awesome. <laughs> I know. Let's get down to, to verse 13 here in, in Acts chapter 4. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see, I love this, this is one of the, man, I love this so much, <laughs> that they were ordinary men, come on, with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been 
with Jesus. So powerful. And I think that's an important thing to process today. Can people recognize that we've been with Jesus? Mm-hmm. I think that's something that we should always internalize and always ask that question today. Can people recognize that I've been with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because there was something different about Peter and John, right? They were like, okay, these guys, I mean, there's nothing really special about them, right? They're, they're kind of duds, right? They're, they're, they haven't been specially trained. They're not smart, right? They're not educated. But what they could recognize is like, man, these guys have been with Jesus. Like we can, man, they, they talk like Jesus. They act like Jesus. And man, I know from my life, man, that's, man, that's what I want. I want people to, to see me and see Jesus in me. And that's, that's what they could see in Peter mm. and John. Mm-hmm. And when the Holy Spirit came and filled the first you know, disciples and apostles of Jesus, there was this expectation that the Holy Spirit brought with us that we would, that we would have visions, that we would have vision for our life, that, that we would dream dreams, that, that we would encourage one another, that, that we would prophesy about the things, the great things that God would do, or that we would live in it, we would walk in it, and the vision and the dream and the encouragement that God uh, would give us. And, and they could feel it. They could sense it on these men. They look different. Yep. Their lives were completely different, and God calls us in our lives to be completely set apart. He wants us to be set apart, and there's grace in that pace with God. I remember when I first gave my heart to the Lord, and I could not stop cursing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot stop saying the F word. Let's just be real. And and I talked to my mom, and she just laughed, and and I was like, why are you laughing? But she's like, just keep going after God, right? There's this grace in our pace and our journey with Jesus. It's not a struggle that I struggle with anymore because, you know, he's completely healed me of that. But, but there's, you know, it, it's that desire in our hearts that change. Like God sees the heart of us. Not, not always, you know, we're not going to be perfect, no perfect people, but he, he wants to work on that heart and, and continually transform us by the renewing of our minds and our hearts. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is represented as the fire is because fire refines us, Amen. right? And when we let that fire of the Holy Spirit uh, pour in us and flow through us, it refines our lives Amen. to look more and more like Jesus. Amen. Come on, that's a good word. That's good. That was for somebody. Yeah. Let's continue. Verse 14. But since they could see the man, the, the man who had been healed, they saw lame Larry standing there doing jumping jacks. And they're like, okay, we, we can't deny this, right? He healed straight right there among them. There was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Mm. I love the response of of Peter and John here, right? They replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. 
The council then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for the miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. So amazing. So amazing. You know, I believe that God is is today. He's looking for some people that he can do miracles through. Mm -hmm. So people in our sphere of influence can't, can't deny God. You know, he's, he's looking for some people, right? And that's what, that's what John, Peter and John were. They, were. they were just some people that were like, you know what? We're going to let God use us. We're, we're going to let Jesus be in us. And we're going to step into the boldness of the Holy Spirit. And it's through that boldness that we can speak the good news, the, the truth of who Jesus is in our daily lives. He, want us, he wants us to be his light in his hands and feet. We're his disciples. You know, the last commandment that Jesus said, go out and make disciples of all nations. And so we're his disciples. That means we have a voice. You, you have a voice. And your influence is, is important. And, and who, who's in that influence, God wants you to speak Amen. that love and light into. That's good. Let's continue. Let's, let's wrap up here with verse 29. Skip down to verse 29. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. And so they, they gathered together again, right? And they're like, man, we need to pray, okay? They, they need to pray. We're being threatened, uh, you know, by the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, and, and the Roman government. And so what do they do? They, they, get, they gather together and they pray, right? Mm-hmm. And in one accord, and they're asking God, for boldness. Look at this, verse 30. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. Come on. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. We need that boldness. And the prayer they came under persecution. Yep. They were told not to speak the name of Jesus. And they went to God for prayer and asked for this boldness. Man, we need to be asking God for that boldness. And, and just asking, you know, God for healing power. And, and I believe this is the time to, you know, right now, a lot of us have been going through brokenness and wounds that haven't been healed, wounds that have come up. Man, right now, Man, I just pray right now in Jesus' name yes. that, that Jesus is, would stretch his hand out over everybody that's watching right now and you would be healed right now in Jesus' name from any wound, any struggle, a, a, any addiction right now. Man, it, it's so amazing that at any point in time, we can ask for Jesus to stretch out his hand and, and heal us. And man, the meeting place shook. Man, I'm praying that we get shook up when we, we gather together again soon. On, that God would shake our place. Yeah. That God would shake us. Listen, I'm going to end with this. The boldness, the definition of boldness in, in Greek means freedom of speech and confidence. Mm-hmm. And, and boldness in God equals freedom. Because when you're walking in the boldness of God, you are living in freedom of God because you know who you are, right? You know who you are in Jesus. You're not impaired anymore, right? In the beginning, we talked about 
what does lame mean? It means being impaired from freedom of movement. And now this is, this is what's happening, this boldness, freedom of speech and confidence. We don't have to be impaired. We don't have to be like lame Larry with no purpose and no direction and completely hopeless and helpless. We don't need to be in survival mode. God wants us to thrive in every circumstance. Amen. You know, this time is, is, you know, a lot of our, we talked about confidence last week, right? We can't let our confidence be shaken. You know, God is still with us. He hasn't forsaken us. He wants to heal us. He wants to do miracles in our life. And he has a miracle for you at the right time. You know, you've heard me say this. God is is uh, never late. He's rarely early, but he's always on time. And he's got a miracle for you in your marriage, in your family, in your life. Now is the time to let God shake us up a little bit, right? And to shake our confidence up. I think about shaking somebody, trying to wake them up, man. I'm trying to do something in your life yeah. right now. I want to do a miracle. I want to do something powerful in your life. I want to do something powerful in the church right now. Yeah. And now is the time as, as the church that, man, we, we, can, we can walk in the boldness and we can walk in the confidence of God that he's going to do something great. We need to shift our perspective, Amen. our expectations. Yep. We need to shift the expectation mm -hmm. from um, the natural to what God wants to do supernaturally Amen. in our life. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I want to I want to transition right now into our response time, and I just want to give us an opportunity, just like every single service and message that we have, for you to give your life to Christ. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus, and you want to do that now, or maybe you just need to make a recommitment to Christ, you, and you've just allowed your life to just be inundated by the worries and stresses, anxieties, and you just gotten your eyes off of Jesus. And now you're, you're, man, I need to look back on Jesus right now in this moment. So let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes. And I just ask that you repeat this prayer wherever you're at today as just a act of faith, right? An act of faith. Come on, let's pray. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I thank you. I thank you. For what you've done on the cross. For what you've done on the cross. And I asked right now. And I ask right now. That you would forgive me of all my sin. That you would forgive me of all my sin. That you would come into my life. That you would come into my life. And be my Lord and King. And be my Lord and King. And from this day forward. And from this day forward. I will follow you. I will follow you. And I will keep my eyes. And I will keep my eyes. On you. On you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on. Yes. Heaven is celebrating. Woo. The yes. angels are having a party right now. So awesome. Man, thank you for being with us today. What do you have to close us out? Hey, if you've given your heart to Jesus or rededicated, you might not have a Bible. We have a Bible for you. Please email us at passionlifechurch at gmail.com. We would love to send you a Bible. We have a fresh start kit. Hey, next steps in your walk with Jesus. We want to give you all that you uh, need in order to just be that disciple that God's created uh, you to be with purpose and direction.